0: Brandon, this is real, we're talking, welcome to real talk. So, this is the second episode, and today, I figured we'd talk about something close to my heart, that, of course, is spices and herbs. Now, why did I say spices and herbs instead of herbs and spices? I don't know, I just like mixing things up, so that's what I did. Now, you might be thinking, that's kind of random, why are we talking about spices and herbs? That's simple. Well, one day while doing differentials, I was like, it's getting spicy in here. That would be a cool name for a podcast. And I was like, okay, that's could be my next episode. So I guess it's about spices and herbs. So I'm doing this completely because I thought of the title first. That's why we're doing this. So if we want to just get in this, we can just get started. Now, you might be wondering, what is a spice or herb? Well, spices are pretty interesting. Herbs, still kind of interesting, but not as interesting as spices. Now, a spice is defined as a seed, fruit, root, bark, or other plant substance primarily used for uh, flavoring, coloring, or even preserving food. And they're distinguished from herbs, which are just leaves, flowers, or stems of plants used for flavoring or garnishing. But why? Why do we start spicing things up? Well, that's because... Back in the day, the olden day, of the past. You gotta think caveman days. This is before we had a fridge. So, when you and your caveman buddies were out there hunting uh, woolly mammoths and saber-toothed tigers. Probably not saber-toothed tigers, because that's hard. But woolly mammoths, for sure. Woolly rhinos. And other woolly things, because I guess like deer should have wool. Or is it fur? Maybe sheeps? I don't know. Anyway, when you were out there hunting for meat and you made a kill, that's a lot of meat. You gotta realize, a whole deer, a whole mammoth, that's an elephant. That's a fuzzy elephant worth of meat. So hunting's not that easy. You're not always, you're not gonna be able to just go out every day and kill a mammoth or a deer or whatever. So you're gonna wanna make that kill, all that meat, last as long as humanly possible. Now, you might be thinking, well, it's it's the Ice Age, it's cold as shit, you're good. And, you're right, son. That is totally correct. Back in the ice age and such, when it's winter, you just put that stuff outside, it's going to freeze, nothing's going to grow on it, it's going to stay relatively fresh and last pretty long. Now, that is if you live up north, where it gets cold. Now, let's say you live somewhere spicy, for lack of a better word, and tropical. Well, suddenly, it's not like 30 degrees Fahrenheit out and cold enough for your meat to stay good. It's like 70 and sunshiny and nice out. That's how meat rots. See, by freezing or refrigerating something, you're slowing down the metabolism of any organisms that are living on it. So bacteria, molds, the whole thing. So their metabolism slow down. They grow, reproduce way more slowly. And they, in turn, don't break down your meats and grow on your meats and they stay fresh. Now, that's fine when it's cold out, as I just mentioned, but you know, warm time, it's, that's the opposite. It will speed up the metabolism and they will reproduce a lot and will grow a lot more. So your meat's going to rot a lot quicker. Now, if only there was a way for, I don't know, people to kill bacteria, like an antibiotic. See, that's why they give antibiotics to animals before they, you know, kill them. And that's why that's a whole thing. That's like, oh, this is antibiotic free chicken. Because they're trying to kill any bacteria. Which, you know, is good. But back in the day, they didn't have that. So what did they use? Well, funny story. A lot of plants also don't want to have a bunch of bacteria and fungus just growing on them. So they produce chemicals to uh, kill and inhibit them from growing on them. And what are these plants we call? We call them spices. So they... Will kill off any bacteria because they produce a lot of antimicrobial chemicals in their leaves, stems, you know, their plant parts. So these people in warmer climates would put spices onto their meats and that would keep the bacteria at least inhibited for a while and keep it fresher for longer. Plus, on top of that, spices just taste good. So, like, of course you're going to add it to your food if it makes it taste, like, frickin' bomb. So... That's mainly why we use spices and herbs. So I figured let's just look at some spices, learn some shit about spices, because that's pretty cool. Now, spices are important. I mean, throughout history, people wanted spices. And by people, I mean white people, because they didn't have any spices. And then they're like, oh my God, we put spice on shit, and it makes it taste fire. Like fire, like hot, like really hot. Like, oh my God, I need some water. You know, milk actually works better when you eat spicy things. Now, tangent, because guess what Use spices? Chicken wings, super hot chicken wings. So me and some of my friends once went to the Quaker Steak Lube in Erie, PA. Pretty, pretty, pretty chill place. They got wings. They got a hot wing eating thing. I paid to do it. It was $10, but you got a t-shirt if you did it. And you had to sign one of those cool waivers that's like, uh, hey, uh, if you die or whatever, don't sue us. So, you know, that was pretty neat. So I signed the waiver. Me and my other buddy, we did it. So we're like, all right, let's go. So we got five of these, like, a triple atomic hot wings. So I was like, all right, let's eat this. So I eat the first one. I'm not thinking it's too bad, actually. I'm like, wow, This sucks. Well, the friend, he's dead too. So, you know, hit the wing. And then I had the second one. And then I realized, oh, yeah, it's it's not because it's not hot. It's because, oh, I can't feel my mouth. Oh, I actually think I body is going into shock. So well, that was good. So like a smart boy, I did. I did not stop. I kept going because God damn it. I wanted that fucking T-shirt. So I went for it. My eyes were watering. I was crying. I went to the bathroom six times, not to vomit or anything, but just, like, I don't even know. I was just like, I don't want to. I just had to wipe shit off of me. I was like, ah, like like exact noises I just made. That was me. So it was really, really, really hot. But while I was in shock, I realized I had to do this, so I ate the other wings, and I got my fucking t-shirt. Now, I couldn't feel my legs fully, or my arms, for about another ten minutes, and I ordered, like, six things of beverages. Like, I was drinking beer, and I had more beer, and then I had, like, I made water, and then I had water, and I think I got milk, too, at that point. And I was just like, I just need my tongue not to be on fire. And, yep. So, but... I got my t-shirt. That was the important thing. And I still have that t-shirt. And if you look up at the wall of the Quaker Steak and Lube in Erie, Pennsylvania, my name is there. Because I did it. Also, my picture. Well, actually, it's not there. I think they had it on like a rotation for whatever month. But my my name is there. My name is there for sure. So, take that out my haters. Totally did it. I am a wing-eating maniac. And that's all thanks to Spices. That made me cry. Because I did cry. Then when I got home, I had to poo real bad, and it was not a fun time. But that's another note. Now, back to whatever I was trying to get at. Spices, super important in history. Why do you think they discovered America? Why would you think Columbus sailed the ocean blue in 1492? It wasn't for a tan, I think. You know, he's on a boat. Maybe he was tanned. He could have been tanned. Columbus could have been really tan, actually. But I don't know. Maybe he was a bronze god. All I know, Columbus was like, "We need that spice." So Columbus, he's Italian. I'm Italian. I can relate to this spicy need. We actually kind of have some spices. We're not the best spices. We're better than most white people. You go up to England. They don't got spices. They don't know what they're doing. It's England. All they got is like. Like Quidditch. Wait, no, that's Hogwarts, which is in England. So I guess they do have Quidditch. They got rugby and cricket and football. Yeah, England, football. Anyways, so they, he was like, all right, King, Queen, Spain. I need someone to fund my journey to the New World because I'm going to get spices. It wasn't actually to the New World. It was to the Indies, which is like in Indonesia. In India, because that's where a lot of spices come from. And he was like, let's just do this. Let's just do a shortcut, because the world's smaller than I think it is. But it's not. So he sails, and he's like, oh, that's America. They got spices there, which they do have spices there. Thanks, America. Coming in clutch yet again. Anyways, so that's why, like, that's why Europeans knew there was an America, even though, like, the Vikings were in, like, Canada before, and I guess no one knew that, which is interesting. That's a fun fact. Vikings were in Canada. And, like, apparently they fought Native Americans. There were literally Vikings versus Native Americans in the past. That's a real thing. Look it up. They should make a movie about it. Maybe they did. I think they did, but it was terrible. I never saw it. This is third person. I'm just I'm just spitballing. But anyways, so spices have been important in history. Because I live in America, and I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for spices. So thanks, spices. Herbs, so maybe one day you'll have your moment in the sun, but not today. So, spice number one, I think we're going to start with rosemary. Why? Because it's rosemary. I don't know. We'll just do that. Now, to be fair, rosemary's an herb, but since I feel like I haven't talked as much about herbs, even though they're basically the same thing as spices, it's a little different, we're going to open it up with that. Now, rosemary, that's from the Mediterranean area. So, that's pretty cool. It is also a member of the mint family, which, you know, another herb. So, makes sense. Now, apparently, rosemary has been found on cuneiform stone tablets, at least mentioned, since 5000 BC. That's pretty early, which, you know, makes sense. Olden days people, they like their spices. So, the rosemary, you mainly use the leaves for flavoring. I mean, may sometimes you keep the stems attached, but... Mainly the leaves are used for flavoring and at least cooking. Now, another fun fact is that people actually use rosemary as pest control because of the antimicrobials and such in the leaves apparently are distasteful to insects. So, continuing that theme of uh, spices keeping away gross shit. And yes, technically it's an herb, but we're calling herb and spices. Spices and herbs. So, you know, just keep going with that. Now, when you use rosemary in culinary escapades, I suppose, what you'd like to do is it's mostly used as a stuffing. So, like, if you're making a turkey, you stuff some rosemary in it. You're making a roast, you stuff some rosemary in it. So, you know, if you see a hole, you stuff it with rosemary. I guess it makes your hole smell good. Don't try this at home, kids. Now, the oils, I guess, are used for perfume. So, you know, that's cool. Make you smell good. Huh? Huh? So, some other just random fun facts about rosemary. So, apparently, if you decide to use it in high doses, like very concentrated rosemary, it would cause vomiting, coma, and pulmonary edema. So, fun times! But apparently it also, according to some research, helps slow cancer. So, you know, that's pretty cool. No one likes cancer. Cancer is lame. It slows it down. Good job, Rosemary. Taking one for the team, helping out. Also, apparently it's bomb and mac and cheese. I heard that secondhand. Don't know if it's true. But you know what? One day I'll make mac and cheese with Rosemary. Maybe it's bomb. Try it out. Who knows? So, now, spice number two, we're going to talk about something sick. Something cute. Nothing's cooler than mint. Except maybe ice. Ice breakers. Cool mint ice breakers. Which have mint flavoring. There we go. Pretty good transition. Anyways. So, mint. It's another herb. Kind of related to rosemary and the rosemary family. We're just keeping it together. Alright, I like it. Now... People like mint because it's just, it's just fresh, you know? You, hear, you heard the term minty fresh? It's minty fresh. That's why, like, half of gum is mint flavored. Because it's literally the freshest herb out there. Now, in cooking, it's used a lot with lamb and stuff. for you know, cool lamb flavorings like mint jelly. Which you always fucking need. I learned that from Gordon fucking Ramsey. We always need your fucking mint jelly. So, put mint jelly on your lamb. That's basically the takeaway I wanted from this section. So, okay. That's the mint, basically. Also, you know, it's just fresh. That's why half of the toothpastes are also mint-flavored. So, you got gum, toothpaste, mouthwash. Just mint's a clean flavor. But we're going to keep going. Now, next spice. We're actually doing spice, not an herb. Because I'm a boy who likes spice. So... Spice, real spice. We're doing nutmeg now. Nutmeg, you get it from a seed of uh, a type of evergreen tree. The scientific name is Myristica fragrans. Maybe I'm still. Re- I'm always really bad with scientific names, at least pronunciation wise. But anyways, it's it's a seed. It's a seed. So that's pretty cool. So. It's also a source of essential oils, apparently. So, you know, essential oils, that's useful for things. And apparently it, you can be allergic to it. I guess you could be allergic to anything, but nutmegs, another thing you could be allergic to. Now, now, nutmeg, the spice, you make it by grinding seeds into like a powder. And that's how you get like the spice nutmeg, which is, which, you know, used to, baked goods, I guess, and puddings and taters and meats and sausages, and is used in the beverage known as eggnog. Now, your boy here loves eggnog. Favorite part of the holiday season is eggnog. Can you put alcohol in it? Yeah, I'll drink it without alcohol in it. I will put alcohol in it. I do not need my arm twisted to do such, but I will eat it with or without. And by eat, I mean drink because you don't eat eggnog, or maybe you do. If you put it in the freezer and freeze it, but that'd be gross, so don't do that. Now, apparently, you can also make a spice known as mace from the red seed colorings of the nutmeg seed. And this apparently produces a more delicate flavor than uh normal nutmeg. And it's used for like baked goods and meat and fish and stuff and pickling and stuff and stuff. Now, that's pretty interesting. Is it the same mace you use in uh, pepper spray? Could be. Maybe. But it's actually not. So, so close. The same color, but it's not what you use in pepper spray. So, if you try to blind someone with the mace, the spice, I mean, it probably still work. You're probably throwing shit in people's eyes that shouldn't be there. It's probably going to hurt. But it probably won't be as bad. Probably just be like, ah, ah, that stings. Why would you do that? This really, this really mean. Why would you do this to my eyeballs? They're on fire. But then, you know, you just wash it out a little bit and it's easy. I like pepper spray where you're on the ground crying like a baby. So, you know, if you see me in real life, don't pepper spray me. Don't do it. I don't want it in my eyes. Now, there's some interesting history with nutmeg. Now, the earliest known use of it was 35,000 years ago, based upon apparently some residue found on ceramic potsherds. Now, it was on the island of Pulaai, which is part of the Spice Island, because they had just a lot of spices, and it used to be the only place you could find nutmeg and mace in the world. Spice Island's also called the Banda Island. Now, anyways, these islands, pretty cool. There were Spices. There were the Spice Islands. One of the... Those were some of the islands they wanted to go to when they're... You know, Columbus and shit was like, Ocean Blue, 1942, is what I'd said, but it's... It's not 1942, it's 1492. I mixed it up. 1942 was World War 2 That'd be pretty interesting if Columbus was in that. Someone should make a show. Columbus in World War 2 He'd be on the Axis powers, because he was Italian. But also, he's kind of an asshole. So, you know... He's on the asshole team. And then people... We could have, like, some Americans led by some Native Americans, and they go and they, like, beat up Columbus. It'd be pretty awesome. Pitch for a show. But that's not happening. But if it does happen, if if you're a TV exec and you're like, that's a cool show, hit me up. We'll work on it. Anywho, back to Spices. It was prized in medieval European cuisine because, you know, it's rare and good. So they're like, let's make this pretty good. So... Yeah, and that's why all the Europeans were like, hey, let's go. let's go colonialize things, get some spices. And that's what happened. So the Spice Islands, they're part of Indonesia. Guess who took control of Indonesia? We call them the Dutch East India Company. So they did that. So the Dutch have control of the spice. They're spicy people. So that's what happened. Now, the Dutch did lose control of it, and, you know, Indonesia's its own country now. So, fun fact, guess who makes most of the nutmeg and mace in the world? Is it Indonesia? The answer is yes, it is. They make, like, 75% of it because they're that good. Now, apparently, you can also get poisoned by nutmeg. That was a fun fact. Even though it was used as, like, you know, back in pseudoscience, they thought it was medicine, and they're like, okay, just give this kid some nutmeg. He might be dying. But it will live. So if you use too much of it, you die. And it also can produce allergic reactions, like everything. And it's just fun. It also apparently causes, uh, psychosis? So that's fun. So if you use a lot of raw nutmeg, apparently it can have psychoactive effects. So no one get high on nutmeg because of me. Don't do it. I don't advise it, so don't do it. But it's also, you know... Bad for your pets, so don't don't, eat, don't feed them nutmeg. In large amounts, it's toxic, so just don't do it. Don't do it. Just leave the nutmeg alone. Why did I even talk about it? Get out of here. There's probably nutmeg in your freaking counter, on your countertop. It could be in your cabinets, your cupboards. Oh, my God, we're all dead. Nutmeg's going to take over the world. Nutmeg. But, you know, I've overreacted. So next up, what's our next spice? I'm going to say, we're going to go with one Peppercorn. Why? Because I have a history with one Peppercorn. So, let me set the scene. It was December the 23rd, 2019. Far in the past. Now, I, a mere boy of 23, was required to make a meal for our Christmas festivities. So, I've decided... not make a duck? That is a delicious food source. Now, we actually made two ducks in our family for that Christmas feast. Now, my brother made the other one, I made this one. So We had a little duck off. It was a fun time. Anyways, so I, being a weirdo, decided to try a random recipe. So I googled the internet, looked around, tried to find a duck recipe. What did I find? I found the recipe for Nijing salted duck. Now, what did that recipe need? I needed Szechuan peppercorn. Now, you can't really get that in, like, your normal grocery store. So, I had to make a trip to the Asian market. Now, the Asian market, that's in Albany. I live in the capital region of upstate New York. It's a fun time. Anyways, it's great. So, I... Went, and I got to go to the Asian market. So I drove into Albany, went to the Asian market, and they have, they have, they had it, but they had a lot of other stuff. I love the Asian market. They sell, like, they have little tanks of crabs and fish in it that you eat. There's a bucket of frogs, not even kidding. They have a bucket full of frogs that are just living, they just live in a bucket, and you eat them. But I wasn't there for frogs. I was there for Szechuan peppercorn. It was a little hard to find. Because, of course, the label was not in English, it was all in Chinese, and I, I don't read Chinese, so that was a little difficult. But I kind of deduced where it was, using my brain. And then I got some other stuff for it, because I needed a bunch of other stuff. Like, uh, I needed some Star N.I.E.S., which was actually right next to it, so it was really, really convenient. But anyways, so then went home, waited two days, because it was the 23rd. Then I made that duck. It was pretty great. It was, a, it was a process. I had to boil it. But anyways, point with the corn is I had to rub that sucker on Szechuan peppercorn that I dry roasted in a pan for 10 minutes with salt. And I had to let it sit in the fridge for like two minutes. So I rubbed the peppercorn all over the outside and the inside of a duck. And then I boiled it. And then I put a bunch of other shit in the water as I boiled it. And it was pretty crazy. And it actually turned out pretty decent. So, that's my history with a Szechuan peppercorn. So, Szechuan pepper, that stuff comes from a tree. It's actually the seeds of a tree. What tree? It's known as the prickly ash tree. And it's, as the name says, very common in the Szechuan region and Szechuan cuisine of the southwestern area of China. So... That's pretty neat. And it's also one of the mainstays in five spice powder, which is actually another spice. Weight of five spices. What are the five spices? We got star anise. We got cloves. We've got Chinese cinnamon, sesame pecora, and a little fennel seed. So that's the five spice powder. It's actually a pretty cool one. I always keep a uh, thing of five spice powder handy. It's good for Chinese cuisine. Use it in a lot of uh, recipes. You use it for like. A lot of different things. Duck. Actually, basically, when I made my Nanjing sp- salted duck, I pretty much reincorporated it into the pot when I made it. I pretty much used everything in the pot. Except fennel seed and cloves. But I use cinnamon to star anise and Szechuan pepper. So I guess two-thirds of a five-spice powder. But yeah, it's a good spice rub for, like, chicken, duck, pork, and seafoods. It's really good on, like, fatty meats. But back to the Szechuan pepper. Now, Szechuan pepper, it is pretty cool. It's used in a lot of things. Nanjing salted duck, that's something. It's pretty cool. You can also make it into oil and use that to, like, stir-fry things. So, pretty cool. Now, here's a fun fact. There was actually a U.S. import ban of it for a while because it could be carrying a citrus canker, which which you get from a bacterial disease. It was difficult to control, and it would harm the foliage and fruit of citrus crops. So they didn't want it. it. It didn't actually, it doesn't harm humans, but it, like, destroys plants. So they didn't want our, you know, citrus industry being like, oh, we dead. So that's fun. So there was actually an end till 2005. So if I tried to make this in 2005, I couldn't get my Szechuan pepper. So that's pretty crazy. Now, let's go on to another spice. The spice, we're gonna call it cumin. Now, cumin, that's another spice that's from the seeds of a plant. The plant, what's it called? Well, I actually don't know. Probably the cumin plant. That's probably what it's called. Do I have a scientific name? Yes, do I wanna say it? No, but I'm gonna. It's Cuminum, siminum. So it is the cumin plant, I guess. So, that's a fun fact. Now, cumin is native to the Levant. So, that's pretty dope as well. And apparently, it was cultivated in ancient times for a while. And it was an important spice. So, basically, it was used everywhere. It was very important, especially in places like Greece, where apparently they would just keep cumin in a container at, like, a dining room, you know. It's like how we keep normal pepper and salt in little salt pepper shakers. They had a cumin shaker. So, cumin, pretty important. That's a pretty cool spike. Now, I also found the nutritional facts for cumin. So, guess who's just going to read those off, because why not? So, how much energy do you get per 100 grams of a cumin seed? Well, you get 1,567 kilojoules, or 375 kilocalories, of energy. Going to keep going. How many, What about the carbohydrates? Well, there's 44.24 grams of carbohydrates. Your sugars, 2.25 grams. And your dietary fiber, 10.5 grams. Fats? Well, someone has 22.27 grams of it. Saturated is 1.535 grams. Monosaturated, 14.04 grams. And polyunsaturated? Well, that's 3.279 grams, sir. Protein, 17.81 grams. That's pretty crazy. What else? What else? What's happening? I'm, I'm invested. Vitamins? There's vitamins now? Well, yes. Vitamin A equivalent, 64 micrograms. 8% of your daily value. Yeah, vitamin A equivalent, beta carotene. I didn't say the whole thing. Why didn't I? Vitamin A, 1,270 IU. I'm assuming that stands for international units. Thiamine. 0.628 milligrams? That's 55% of your daily value. That's pretty neat. Riboflavin? 0.327 milligrams? 27% of your daily value? Whoa, what? Niacin? 4.579 milligrams? 31% of your daily value? Vitamin B6? B6.435 milligrams, or 33% of your daily recommended value. Now, that's crazy. Folate. There's folate in this shit. It's got 10 micrograms, 3%. Folate is lit. V12, vitamin B12. There's no vitamin B12. That's a lie. Choline, 24.7 milligrams, or 5% of your daily value. Vitamin C, 77 milligrams is what I'd say if it was, but it's actually 7.7. With 9% of your daily... Recommended that there's no vitamin D, so just get that out of here. Vitamin E is 3.33 milligrams or 22% of your daily value. Vitamin K is 5.4 micrograms or 5% of your recommended daily value. Now, 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 what do we have here? The minerals calcium, 931 milligrams or 93% of your daily value. Iron. There's quite a bit of iron. There's 66.36 milligrams, or 510% of your daily value. Wow. Next we have magnesium. Magnesium? Magnesium, 931 milligrams, or 262% of your daily recommended value, along with manganese, which is 3.333 milligrams, or 159% of your daily recommended value, while phosphorus is 499 milligrams, one away from 500, and only 71%. Don't daily value. Now, potassium, you have a lot. There's like 1,788 milligrams, 38% daily value. Sodium, 168 milligrams, 11%. Zinc, 4.8 milligrams, 51%. Other constitutes water, 8.06 grams. Let's go. Let's go right now, cumin. We did it. We did the cumin. Moving on. What's next? All right. So, you know what? Fuck it. Let's do... Bay leaves. We're going to end with some herbs. Now, bay leaf, it's a pretty, it's a pretty, it's a, bee, it's a leaf. And you, you get them dried, at least I do. And I put it in soups and stuff. It's pretty good. Made beef stew with it. You use it in beef stew. soup. when I made that Nanjing salted duck, your boy put in some bay leaves. So bay leaves come from a tree. Loris nobilis. So sounds pretty cool. And it comes from different places. There's like a California bay leaf, there's an Indian bay leaf, an Indonesian bay leaf, a Mexican bay leaf, a lot of lot of bay leaves. Fun fact, bay leaf is also a Pokemon. Is it a good pokemon usable with eviolite but we'll get onto to that because also Chikorita was the worst starter just overall, and if you don't think so, fight me anyways. No more bashing on the Gen 2 starters, because I actually like all of them except Chikorita. So back to Bay Leaves the plant that is real and not a Pokemon. Now. Bay leaves? Apparently Canada regulates them for some reason. Who knows? So apparently the Canadian government requires that bay leaves contain more no more, no more, than 4.5% total ash material with a maximum of 0.05% of which is insoluble in hydrochloric acid. To be considered dried, it has to contain 7% moisture or less. And the oil content cannot be less than 1 milliliter per 100 grams of the spice. So I guess this is a spice. Is this a spice or an herb? It's, it's from the plant, so I imagine it's an herb. But it's dried, so I guess that... And it can be drowned, so I guess in that sense it's a spice. So no one will ever know. What we do know is that they're good in food. Apparently are used in Indian and Pakistani cuisine. And that's why they have Indian bay leaves. And this ingredient in something like a... Garam masala. So, there we go. What will we end on? Well, I'm Italian and one thing we like is basil. Put basil in a lot of things, I do anyways. Which is weird because it's native to the tropical regions of Southeast Asia and Central Africa. And according to what I'm reading, it says it's a tender plant. So, it's very tender. Very soft. But, there's several varieties of basil. And we got things like the sweet basil, otherwise known as Genovese basil. There's Thai basil. There's lemon basil. There's even holy basil. There's Jesus basil. That's what I'm calling it now. Don't know if it's actually called Jesus basil. But... Who knows? Now, even basil gets sick. Because apparently there's something called Fusarium wilt, which is a soil-borne fungus that will quickly kill basil plants, like, especially the seedlings. So, you know, even basil has a hard day, even though, you know, it's got the essential oils and all that in its leaves. That's why we like it. It literally kills off shit. But I guess not that. That's the thing that doesn't kill off, so. Come on, basil. Get your head in the game, man. But yeah, fun fact for basil, though. So, when you're cooking with basil, you should actually use it last. Because if it cooks too much, you destroy the flavor. So, fun fact, don't cook basil too long. Put it in the last thing. Put it in your pasta sauce. I got a recipe from my great-grandma Lorio's Calabrian pasta sauce. Mwah. Mwah. Delicious. So, hope you enjoyed this episode of Real Talk with Brandon. I think we learned a lot today about spices, herbs, and me doing stupid things. So, thank you, and I'll see you next time. This has been Real Talk with Brandon. I'm Brandon. This is real. You leave in Real Talk.